So we have reached the end of the season of Epiphany, which is that season between Christmas, our Christmas celebrations, and our preparation for our Easter celebrations, the season of Lent. It's a season of, of revelations about Jesus uh, and perhaps aha moments on our parts. The ending climax of Epiphany is Transfiguration Sunday, and that's what you heard Andrew read about in the first scripture reading. Jesus goes up the mountain with John, Peter, and James, and there is this miraculous spiritual experience, a, a radiance from Jesus. They see Moses and Elijah, and, and in the seeing of that, they underscore how Jesus is uh, together and is being thought of as more than the law and the prophets. And they hear God's blessing. It's a beautiful moment of, of authority for uh, Jesus and of our discipleship of Jesus. And it's coupled today with our, our scripture of Jesus' teaching where he called his followers the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He has marinated us, and now we are to season the world. He has lit us up, and now we are to shine on. The Jesus Seminar thinks of these scriptures as very authentic to Jesus, and so I, I wanted to point that out, because I haven't said that each Sunday when we've talked about these sayings from Jesus, but if you, if you read back over what, uh, what Andrew read for us, you, you see that they are, they are snippets of wisdoms, aphorisms, they are short, they are memorable, and actually they appear in the different Gospels but with just little changes, which makes some sense because people did not have recorders and all to keep track of all that Jesus was saying. The gist of his message was heard, understood, and conveyed. To be of help or to be valuable, salt needs to be salty. Ancient salt had a lot of impurities, apparently, and could lose its saltiness. And so we are advised through these centuries to keep our impurity ratio down. To be helpful or valuable, a city or a lamp needs to be visible. Hiding the light of a city goes against its purpose. We are encouraged with the light within us to let it shine. Now, this is all well and good. I, I, I thought on these things, and I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's really the way we kind of make sense of this. And then I, I remembered uh, some words that um, were used by Nelson Mandela in his inaugural address in uh, 94, which puts a little different twist on a saying that we've heard uh, so often. So I wanna, I wanna share it with you. 
See if it rings true. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You're playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. You were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within you. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I like that. Kind of runs counter to first take, but then seems to be so true. Since so many of us do step back or step down and allow. There is a light within all of us. There is a light within you. Don't hide it. God has created you. You are a child of God. Shine on. Shine on. God has given you a calling. Shine on. Be not afraid of who you are. Shine on. Doubting of yourself is really doubting God. Shine on. Know that you can do wondrous things with God. Shine on. Don't shy away from who you will become with God. Shine on. God is looking for you to blossom into God's image of yourself. Shine on. Your gift to the world is your full self, righteous and holy. Shine on. Together with God, you can build a new world. Shine on. The new creation 
awaits your passion and your effort. Shine on. How could you let your light shine? Well, Jesus' teachings, which we've taken note of for these months, give us some clues, give us some clues about what we might do. Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. Let it shine. Care for the least of these. Let it shine. Be humble leaders. No grandstanding, please. Not necessary. Take care of the poor. God is counting on you to do this. Your work reveals your faith. Live your faith into reality. Let it shine. Persist in prayer. It orients you properly to God. You're judged as your judge. Try forgiveness. It reconciles better. Love your enemies. It heals the world. It heals you. Let it shine. Turn the other cheek. Retaliation doesn't get you very far. Let it shine. Enter through the narrow door. Being authentic, being genuine. Let your light shine. Shine on. Shine on. Jim Wallace speaks of the attitude a faith brings to the future. And he reminisces about an African-American street organizer in Washington, D.C. She was a working-class kid, yet she made good. She did make good, and with some scholarships, she got a degree out of Yale. And then she worked a short amount of time in D.C. before dying young from a, a rare heart ailment. She left an impression. He writes about her. Lisa's legacy is continuing through countless young people whom she inspired, challenged, and mentored. But there is one thing she often said to them and to all of us that has stayed with me since Lisa died. When people would complain, as they, as they often do, that we don't have any leaders today or would ask where the Martin Luther Kings are right now, Lisa would get angry. And she would declare, we are the ones 
we have been waiting for. We are the ones we have been waiting for. She was a person of faith, and hers was a powerful call to leadership and responsibility and a deep affirmation of hope. We are the ones we have been waiting for. Let your light shine. Shine on, shine on. Amen.